FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswhat.com. This is Saswa, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. And this week we welcomed Vince Dorse of the Untold Tales of Bigfoot webcomic to the show. We talk about the webcomic and his uh, upcoming Kickstarter, which he is putting on to actually fund the printing of the webcomic in a book. So uh, listen in. We're going to talk a little bit about Bigfoot, a lot about creative process, and a little bit more about cryptozoology and uh, Bigfoot culture and like an L shape. And then uh, my mixer is sitting on a like a like a uh, file cabinet next to it, and I have to reach like three feet away just to adjust levels. So that during... you get the old man noises. Yeah. Well, no, that's just me. Oh. That's just <laughs> that's just how I sound most of the time. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Vince, I'm Seth. I think yes. you know you know this. Yes. You've, you've drawn me, so I've drawn you. I know. Yeah, um, and that's Mark. What a girl! What one of my French girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I see that uh, there's also Mark. There's also the, Mark. Yes. Yeah, there's also Mark. And then I've got two dogs in here with me because my wife is trying to uh, sew our couch back together because. Bubby destroyed it. Our our what? big our big dog just ate like the arm of the of the couch. It's a fairly new couch too. So what Which, possessed him to do such a thing? He's I don't know. He's a growing boy dog. He just yeah. yeah. He just has these urges. He doesn't understand. <laughs> dogs yeah. are fun. That's the kind of fun that dogs bring to the party. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's what I was trying to tell her. I was like, because she's like really concerned about people coming over and seeing our our uh, couch just ripped apart. And I was like, I mean, we have a big dog. That's yeah, just, they know. They yeah, know. that just comes with the territory. Um, so anyway, um, let's let's just jump right into it. I'm not going to do like an intro and a bunch okay. of that stuff. I, I we've we've been trying to keep our interviews much more natural, more like a, right. a convo between three buddies okay. so so that's i think that's the plan so we're just going to jump into this and um and talk and then we'll kind of find our way from there yeah that's good if you hear odd noises you, they're they're probably just my dogs okay um, I and should... i i noticed today i have a very squeaky chair as well oh cool so. that's that's good just blame it on my dogs just claim it's one of my dogs and no one will know the difference um so vince your your webcomic I I got into it um, back in it, you started in 2012, right? Yeah, 2012. Okay, um, and that was around the time. So so your your comic has this really nostalgic thing for me because I got into it when I was dating my wife, Aww. and we would sit in her her old apartment and read this comic. It was like she found it actually. That's- I love that story. Yeah, That's she a great story. She found the comic and then uh, turned me on to it, and you know, obviously because it's 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 Bigfoot, and she knows my interests. But um, but uh, yeah, anytime I read it or think about it or see an image, I am instantly transported back to 2012. And and dating my wife and wow. reading that's, the comic. That's an extra added bonus. Yeah, I have nothing to do with that, but that is great. I'm glad that you experienced that. Yeah, so so it is cool, and I've and I'm uh, a fan, even though I have to admit I fell off recently, like last summer, and then I went on there today to kind of catch up, and I was like, oh, he hasn't updated since yeah. since November. So yeah, it's been a, a kind of a small hiatus while I was getting the. Uh, the first story ready for print. Yeah, which has to be an interesting challenge because you're. I mean, web comics are a, are a different beast. Uh, I I didn't know what Mark was laughing at until I <laughs> until I just looked. 
I'm just watching the dog fight. Yeah, I was watching him too. (laughs) Yeah, this this type of stuff goes on nonstop. And Mona's off the chair now where she normally sits quietly. So so anything can happen at this point. It's probably going to sound like a WWE match in here or something pretty soon. Um so anyway, what was I saying? Something about the you do a comic. Being a a strange animal. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's it's a different it's a different beast from like traditional comics. Um, because obviously, especially with what you do, I mean, obviously webcomics all have this different kind of, uh, format, but your webcomic followed kind of a, a fairly strict, like one page a day or not one page a day, but a one page kind of format, which in itself has to be difficult. And, and this is going to be, I have to say up front, this episode is probably going to be a lot of like, uh, writer talking to writer. Okay. And and creator talking to creator talk, and we will get into Bigfoot just so our listeners are not like tuning out. We're definitely going to get into Bigfoot because that is literally the subject of this webcomic. But I have a lot of questions for Vince just relating to webcomics because I I love comics, uh, comic books, and I'm also just fascinated by the creative process and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things, and this is my my show, and and I've only got what like ten episodes left, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> So after I'm done with Saswa in 10 episodes, um, you'll have Mark probably talking more about, you know, UFOs and portals and mm-hmm. big Bigfoots carrying uh, s- cylindrical spheres around. And... Just months worth of loveless frogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, what's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're actually changing the name of the show to Loveland Frogcast, so <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um but no, so so like, just tell me how how do you even approach, um, like putting together the comic? Is it like spontaneous, like day of? You're just right. I mean, is it scripted? It months in advance. Is the story already in your head? How does it go? Now you know when I started it, it I just wanted to see if I could do it, and I think the first few uh, weeks they were uh, it was real loose, and it was more. I don't know if it was really gag based but it was it uh it was a real single page gags that uh started to string together into a story and uh i did have a very very loose overarching outline that i i hoped to follow and uh but i didn't write anything i didn't script anything i would just every week would you know i'd I'd have to get it done and i would know where i was headed and i would just I kind of I kind of write while I'm drawing. I kind of draw. I, I know what I want to see and I know what I want to happen. Hmm. So I just start putting it on paper and uh, it kind of gels. Wow, yeah, I, and and the the comic does revolve. I mean, the comic's called Untold Tales of Bigfoot, which I should probably mm-hmm. mention. Um, I'm trying to be more conversational, but we should upfront mention the comic is actually called Untold Tales of Bigfoot. You can find it at untoldtalesbigfoot.com if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, and and the it centers around uh a dog scout yeah and uh a bigfoot so obviously you you must have some sort of interest in in the subject of bigfoot to do a comic about it but but i am curious like you know i'm i'm assuming you're not going to go out and start a a podcast called sasswat 2 or something i mean how how into the subject of Bigfoot, are you, or was this just a thing where you saw a cool opportunity, you know, to include a character you were intrigued by? I, you know, I grew up uh, in New Jersey, so there's not a lot of, but even in New Jersey growing up, there was, you know, people talked about Bigfoot. We had the Jersey Devil there, but uh, yeah, everybody was, uh, everybody was into Bigfoot when I was growing up, but it's nothing that I really pursued. I never went looking for him in the woods uh, but, uh, one it's a good day, decision. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's, that's a, a major change when you start looking for them. But, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I, I wanted to do a comic and I had a, a few script ideas, like a few, a few different concepts. And, uh, I had this, I had drawn a Bigfoot that I, I really thought was kind of cute and friendly. And, uh, I just kept coming back to him. And, you know, I, I actually didn't want to screw up the webcomic that I, that I wanted to make. So I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll try this, this Bigfoot idea first. Do that as a test. Uh, and then if I screw that up. 
Yeah. You know, then the then the the big idea that I have, which I can't even remember now, uh, that won't that won't be uh, marred. But no, but Bigfoot caught on, and uh, but yeah, I I like I like the idea of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I like thinking that there could be something out there like Bigfoot. So uh, so yeah, I I but again, I'm not going to start a podcast about Bigfoot. But over the last three years, Bigfoot has become a great friend to me. So, so uh, yeah, because like there's there does seem to be an element to the to the book where you almost had to have done either either sub either subconsciously you've just been taking in Bigfoot info uh, on the culture of of like what people claim within these legends or or you've actually done your research because I was reading um, I was reading back over some of the old ones the other day. Um, on the site, and you've got a, pa- a couple pages in there that just instantly reminded me of typical Bigfoot lore. It almost read like a spoof of um, Legend of Boggy Creek or something. It's the scene where the family goes is is like fleeing the woods uh, because mm-hmm. they've they've encountered Bigfoot. The fathers encountered Bigfoot, right. and they go into like a I think it's a gas station or oh, that's a, right a gas station. And the there's there's like a, a hunter or there's a couple hunters in there that basically make fun of the family, and their response to the family claiming they've seen a Bigfoot is just so much what we hear of, you know, from people who actually recount seeing Bigfoots to yeah. to other people, kind of that ridicule factor kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like, how much of that, how much of your comic is actually informed by research? Uh, I, I try to do a lot of research, and I have I have a, a couple of friends who are really into Bigfoots. You know, like, I'll, I have a couple of guys that I can call at any point, you know, would a Bigfoot do this? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh... You'll have to get me in touch with these yeah, guys then. I, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Boggy Creek that you mentioned, it's weird because I hadn't seen it Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd seen some other Bigfoot movies growing up. There was the uh, that the Legend of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, yeah, and uh, that where they're throwing boulders at the cabin, yeah. Um, but uh, Boggy Creek, I hadn't watched until just the other night. Oh. I thought I'm going on this Sasquatch podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta research. And I, as I was watching it with some friends, they were like, "This is a, this looks like your comic." So, <laughs> I don't. But yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if I tapped into that somehow, then uh, then that benefits me. Um, what did you What did you think of the movie? I liked it. You know what? Here's what I think about actually a bunch of the Bigfoot movies that I watched recently is that uh, I think the key to a good Bigfoot movie is a scary scene involving a cabin. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of sleepiness uh, in the first parts of the movie, and then eventually it moves into a cabin. And that's when the nightmare begins. And I think as long as you have a, a good cabin scene, you got a great Bigfoot movie. You know, I th- I think there is something about Bigfoot and cabin attacks that works, yeah. and and uh, it's why I was so disappointed in exists because I thought the movie exists was pretty good, but it wasn't quite what I was hoping for, and I was really hoping for more of like Evil Dead, but with Bigfoots. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. Yeah, and it's such an obvious thing. Like it, it should be the easiest movie in the world to make. Um, but yeah, I totally, totally agree. Totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, but, but I liked Boggy Creek. Mm-hmm. It, that's a good one. Boggy Creek is I don't know. Is that the is that the high water mark for Bigfoot? Film? It uh, honestly, I think it is. That's that's kind of what people consider as as being the definitive Bigfoot movie. Um, Mark could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like that and Creature from Black Lake. Yeah, hmm. Black Lake with the two college kids. Yeah, looking. Yeah, I saw that one too. Looking yeah, stoned. but very scary. You know, most of the Bigfoot movies they make him very, very frightening mm-hmm. and kind of aggressive. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I didn't tap into any of that for my comic. I decided to go the other direction. Well, that that brings me to another question, which is how much did Harry and the Hendersons inform this? Because they there's there's got to be some level of influence there. You know, I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen Harry and the Hendersons either, and by the time I started the comic, I thought I better not see it because I don't want to steal anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of I waited until the first book was done, and then I had a nice Harry and the Hendersons party. And yeah, it, there's there's some similarities there. I, I I think I like a friendly Bigfoot. So do I. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I don't know if he'd attack us uh, any quicker than we'd attack him if we came across him in the woods. Yeah, if they exist. Yeah. yeah. 
I like the idea of the I, that. In fact, as a kid, that was what drew me to Bigfoot more so than and and I wasn't. I've talked about it on the show before. I, I wasn't some sort of like Bigfoot aficionado when I was a kid at all. Like I don't think I thought about it much um, yeah. until I I grew older and and then my my brain fell apart or something. But um, the the idea of a of a like a big upright walking ape in the woods that was like my buddy that did appeal yeah. to me as a kid. Yeah, and I think there was some ah oh, man I cannot remember it, but I think that I have seen I think there was some Saturday morning live action Bigfoot yes show. I, I can't that is correct. It was it. it was uh, Bigfoot and Wild Boy was yeah yeah. Was so that, that was like, yeah. what is that like a wild I guess a wild boy. And Big yeah, exactly. And they were friends. Were they friends? They were friends. Yeah. And they they stopped unscrupulous characters in the woods from you know killing the <laughs> spotted owl and things like that. Oh there man, they're a great team. So there's precedent. There's precedent for a friendly, helpful Bigfoot. I think yeah. people react to that. Well, I think any yeah any kid who had an interest in that, like myself. I mean that's a that's a natural for that big creature to be on your side and then be a friend you sort of out there when you need him to help uh yeah it's real powerful well he's bigger than everyone else he's stronger than everyone else and he's and he's obviously doing well for himself out there um so that that instantly (laughs) i mean it's almost like super like a superhero in a way to a kid i think yeah um it's actually surprising to me i've i've thought of this before too it's surprising to me that bigfoot isn't a more popular character in popular culture i feel like i mean i feel like he is but it's not at the level you would imagine because just just as a character as a pop culture character bigfoot has an appeal that's pretty broad like i I feel like he can be a horror character he can be a kind of a family friendly you know like there's so so many different ways you can go with it and it's 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 public domain do whatever you want with it it's not like mickey mouse yeah there i mean there was a huge insurgence of bigfoot uh, what in the seventies? Was it late seventies, mm-hmm. early eighties? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it kind of really dropped off. Yeah, and and that was another thing is that Legend of Boggy Creek inspired all these flicks that followed it. But even that, I mean, how many? We haven't seen mainstream outside of Harry and the Hendersons. We haven't seen Bigfoot in the mainstream, really. Am I forgetting something, Mark? With that statement, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, there's been like the most recent example I can think of is Goosebumps that movie okay yeah the yeti was in it right right but not as a central character you know mm-hmm. like the only thing that the movie was about but what what inspired um your your design of of the bigfoot because it looks as much like beaker from uh <laughs> muppets as it does uh your traditional bigfoot i mean you, you it doesn't look anything like any other illustration of a bigfoot that i've ever seen all you ever see of the bigfoot is pretty typical you know the 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 patty like kind of creature yeah i you know it's it's funny that you say beaker because i was i was going over everyone always asks me what my uh illustration influences are mm-hmm. and i always mention henson yeah uh, i know you know it's you know i think it's something about those giant tomato noses i really <laughs> and i really latched onto that uh i don't know how i came up with this particular Bigfoot design, I don't think he's that far off the mark. You know, he's got the typical, the bare hands, bare feet. Well, he's instantly identifiable yeah, as Bigfoot. Exactly. But it's it's not cliche. It's not a cliche or a stereotype when you when you look at it. And he's he's flipping adorable too, by the way. And it's and it's all the round. You know, he's so round. It's it's kind of like that Walt Disney. You know what is it about the shape? I mean, you're you're the illustrator, but there's this thing about shapes, right? Where where circles automatically put you in in the yeah. mindset of like friendly, friendly, yeah. right? Friend. Yeah, it's yeah, it's security. Yeah, it's, it's friend. So well, he had to be that way. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I had to get. I I wanted to you know avoid, uh, you know, broad shoulders that could be scary. So he practically has no shoulders at all. Mm. And uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's it. I think it maybe even subconsciously. I drew something that well, I could think of was the, the friendliest thing that I could come up with. Yeah. Who are your favorite artists, Spence? Well, uh, you know, I don't know that my artists' uh, favorites show themselves in my work. You know, I could mm-hmm. say, 
I, first of all, I think Looney Tunes cartoons were a huge influence to me. And you might see some of that in some of the stuff I do. But uh, uh, it, there's such a broad range of people that I like, you know, like, uh, like Charles Adams or, uh, or Jack Davis or, uh, or even Disney's Mark Davis. Mm-hmm. You know, some of his design work I really like. But, you know, I, every day I, I see somebody that I like. And I know if, if I had to make a list, we'd be here for a week. Mm-hmm. There's just so many great illustrators and designers and cartoonists out there. And I think I probably just try to absorb what I can from as many people as possible. Are you, are you pretty influenced by Disney style in general or? I don't think, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't think Disney comes out in my work, but I, uh, I, I appreciate their designs and, uh, and even their, their storytelling as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know that any of my stuff, I think my stuff leans, if you had to pick like a car, an animation studio, I think it leans more toward Warner brothers, golden age than any of the Disney. I think Disney stuff is very soft. Yeah. Um, although it, it has, it has maybe gotten some, some edges to it lately. I think they're really stretching some of the stuff they're doing, but, uh, I like it. I don't know that I... My stuff doesn't look like Disney, though. Hmm. I don't know. I see a little bit of Disney. It's it's the it's the round... Yeah, the round the roundness in your characters that I... I don't think... I don't think roundness is probably the best way to, to, to word that, but there there is something about it that reminded me of Disney from the start. Um, and what I... You know what it is, actually, as I'm saying this? I'm thinking... It's it's kind of like a Carl Barks, and, and that might actually be more in, in the color palette of the comic yeah, itself it could be you know what i am a huge fan of carl bark's comic book work so mm-hmm. i could see that coming through yeah well that's how it is with with any kind of creative endeavor i'm finding is that we we are inspired by people and we have our favorites and and all that kind of stuff but we are not thinking of those people when we are creating i don't think i don't i don't know i've never spoke to anyone any artist any filmmaker any writer who's like when i'm writing this i'm trying to be this yeah, because like if that if, would kind of be disingenuous. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's just in you, and it comes out when it chooses to. Yeah, because I grew up on uh, Ray Harryhausen movies, um, and I was also raised on like you know every old. I, I mean, I'm still obsessed with every old black and white movie that I watched growing up. I mean, I love Double Indemnity and Sunset Boulevard and all that yeah. stuff. And when I'm making movies now, I'm always wondering it afterward, after the fact. I'm like, that shot reminds me of this. I wonder yeah. if I subconsciously it was just kind of yeah, recreating I, yeah, like something. Like you said, I don't think anybody intentionally sits down and tries to, well, maybe some people do, but I don't, you know, nobody I know tries to, to look like somebody else. Yeah. I'd be deeply concerned if yeah. I was, if I was that kind of creator, I think I'd be concerned about it. Yeah. Hopefully my designs, uh, hopefully it's a nice melange of a bunch of different stuff. Hopefully like all my favorite stuff. No, it is. And, and, it it really is like the other cool thing about it is it's an all ages comic and Mark and I are kind of all ages guys because we're both essentially twelve years I old. I am too. I'm a huge all ages fan. <laughs> yeah, and um, we're we're trying to do like like with Minerva Monster Day, our our festival in Minerva this year, we're doing like an all ages film festival and like we're trying to get that kind of going, which is why when you and I originally talked on Twitter about coming on the show, that was why it appealed to me instantly. It was you know you kind of had that same kind of approach to things that the mark and i do so i wanted to be able to point that out to our listeners because a lot of our listeners are parents um so if you have kids like you know get them into this webcomic because it is all ages friendly it kind of and it's bigfoot too i mean this is the type of thing the other thing about it is this is the type of thing that gets a kid into something like cryptozoology as a comic like this which I never thought of till, cool. to right I, now, but it I, is true. I never really, it never really occurred to me. But uh, when I started it, uh, most of the people that were responding to it on Twitter were were grown ups, like you and me. Mm-hmm. But I started getting a lot of uh, emails and comments that uh, they had also started reading it to their kids, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really gratifying, actually. Outside of us, have you have you had any interaction with like the, the your typical like Bigfoot community people? No, like I said, I, I have a, a good friend that's that's really into it, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, as far as I know, he does not go out looking for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond that, no, I think it's mostly. I think you guys are are my main source for that. You need to put more like um, Bigfoot decapitating people and throwing the heads at, ah, at cabins yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. That's <laughs> to really draw men. <laughs> yeah, I might lose the all ages. With it. <laughs> yeah. Well, just hide it. So you know, sneak it in there. <laughs> The background. Yeah. I try to throw... I, mean, I think there is some dark stuff in the comic. Um, not yeah. too dark for kids, but it's but definitely stuff that adults... Well, you walk that, you walk that like Pixar line, I think, where yeah. it's, it's kind of like it, it, it appeals to adults. Because like I said, I mean, this is something that I read for a long time. Um, and, and I don't have kids, so... Although I have uh, given the URL to my nieces and nephews, so and I'm pretty sure my nephew Graydon actually reads the comic. Well, that's good. You know, I think that's why that's one of the reasons I wanted to to kickstart into print because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of kids know about the URL. You know, but they'll see a book or they'll get it in a library or something. You know, they can take that home with them. Yeah, definitely, Mark. Yeah, well, talk about the Kickstarter a little bit, Vince. How's that uh, shaping up? Oh man, it's it's. I guess it's shaped. It's it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it better be. It's. Uh, I launch it on Tuesday evening, this upcoming Tuesday, and uh, you know everyone told me that that doing a Kickstarter was a lot of work, and I believed them, but I, I don't think that they warned me enough times because it's it is a lot of work. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be good. You know, goal one is getting the book in print. And, you know, I, I, of the story that you may have read online before, Seth, I think I've added like 10 or 11 pages to that. Mm-hmm. And I've added some characters and I've, I've cleaned up the art. So, so I think the book's going to be really great. But, uh, you know, I'm also going to have, you know, like buttons and uh, stickers and stuff like that, prints. And uh, I think I'm going to be doing a lot of drawing because uh, one of the tiers is I will uh, I will do a cartoon of you, like a drawing of you in the woods with Bigfoot and Scout. So I, I think that might be hmm. a nice popular tier. That's I, awesome. I'm, hope, I'm hoping people respond to it because I think it's a fun story and I think the characters are fun and I, I don't know. Uh, that was a car driving by my house in case my microphone picked that up. But um, yeah, with the other thing about Kickstarters is it's part of the problem is just getting the word out about the Kickstarter. So if you're a listener to the show and you check out the comic, the webcomic, and you're a fan, support Vince and the the Kickstarter by actually going on Facebook and talking about it or Twitter or whatever and and help spread the word through social media. Because I know when we did the Boggy Creek Monster, that was the reason we were successful. It wasn't us. Um, Initially it was because we had to spread the word enough initially to pick up people that are going to help promote the Kickstarter to begin with. But uh, Kickstarters are no joke. It is like you said; it's like a full time. It, it becomes really a full time thing, yeah. And then you, when you actually get to the point where you get to ship orders, um, that is where it becomes even more of a full time thing. Because <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. I'm on like week two of shipping Kickstarter rewards for Boggy Creek Monster. So wow. I've got about three tiers still to go to ship. Wow. So yeah, and I appreciate you uh, inviting me on to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not the type of guy. Who, I mean, I I'm kind of a recluse. Mm-hmm. So just even getting in behind the microphone here is kind of weird for me. So I appreciate it. No, I mean you have to you have to uh, unfortunately become like a pimp. Is is what I found. Yeah. Um. And for some people, it's easier than others. And yeah. So any any kind of help we can give you guys with, you know, promotion to get this out there because I would love to see this in print. I definitely. Would would buy this for like nieces and well, nephews you know, and stuff. I think everyone that's read it has liked it, you know, or at least the ones that have, have told me about it. So uh, I think it's got a pretty broad appeal. I think it's got a shot. Mm-hmm. Do you do do you, you do all the coloring and everything too, right? Yeah, I do it everything, all Jeez. of it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, when you were at at your height of churning out pages, what yeah. what was that? What was that schedule like? That, I mean, was, that was basically wake up and start drawing uh, or writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it really was, you know, my, my real job, my other job is, is illustration. Mm-hmm. So I'm drawing all day anyway. But uh, when Bigfoot was in its, 
its first run there, that was something that I did every single day to make sure that it came out every Wednesday. It, but it was fun. I'll tell you what, Seth. I've never had more fun working on any other project, like bar none. Uh, I didn't realize how much fun it would be, and uh, so I didn't mind the work at all. It, it, was that because of, you know, I mean, you love your characters and everything. Was was it also informed by the fact that you're more of an independent spirit and you, and you enjoy the independence of it? I guess, I mean, I guess. I, I, and who doesn't love independence, right. I suppose? But, you know, and I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think I really started pouring myself into it. I think there's a lot of me in the comic, mm-hmm. and uh, and I guess it was... You know, it was it was kind of therapeutic, just just putting it on the page, you know. And I, you know, uh, you have the memories of reading that first year or so. Yeah, you were dating your your wife at the time. At the time when I started the comic, I had just uh, left a relationship and I had moved to a new place. And previous, maybe a few months previous, uh, a, a really beloved pet died. So mm. I was in a dark, dark place. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my memory of starting Bigfoot, hmm. and uh, I, I was able to to work that out on the page. Is so so is Scout informed by that at all? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely, definitely Scout. In fact, Scout was going to be a cat to begin with because it was a cat that I that I'd lost. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, cats generally don't play fetch on camping <laughs> trips, so I had to change that up. Yeah. How about this family leaving? By the way, I was going back in today and rereading this. And spoiler alert. But, like, the family just up and leaves Scout yeah. in the middle of the woods. And I kept thinking, you know, like, I would never leave my, my dogs anywhere, even if if Bigfoot came out holding the severed head of, oh, of a God. you know, another hunter or something. I'd probably... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the family, the dad and the family got a lot of, uh, got a lot of grief from the readers. Yeah. Um terrible man but uh yeah i think you know there's i think it's i think there's a lot of opportunity without revealing too much about the story i think there's a lot of opportunity for redemption mm-hmm. on on everyone's part you know even even scout so uh yeah i, I think i think that I, I i i cleared that up by the by the time this first book ends well where do you see it going from here uh well i've already started outlining a second book mm-hmm. because i think that i've left enough questions in the first book mm-hmm. uh, as I was as I was doing the pages um, you know I was dropping I was dropping little plot points that I could use in a later story and you might not see them the first time through but with the new story you know you could go back to that first book and see oh so that's what he was talking about there and that's what that means so yeah that I would love to do another book right do you ever want to bring in uh, more kind of crypto cryptids into the book or is it kind of Bigfoot's domain? I don't know. I, 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 this is exactly the conversation I had earlier with someone else, you know, and I, uh, they would, it would require a lot of research Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't know. uh, I, I think Bigfoot is vaguely located Pacific Northwest in my story, Mm -hmm. but I, I didn't want to say exactly where he was. Because I wanted everyone to feel like he could just be, you know, in the woods up behind their house. Right. But uh, but I don't know what other. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with other cryptids. Oh man, I mean, you could you know you could have Bigfoot riding on a, a, a champ monster through the lake. Um, Ogopogo lake monsters. You've got See? thunderbirds. This is why I talk to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's any number of directions you could you could go with this. Although, uh, I kind of like the idea of Bigfoot being the sole cryptid in the book. I mean, it does have a more of a real world, not real world, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's kind of grounded. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a little more grounded with just the one monster. Right. But I, I, there's a T-shirt line here though, where where you illustrate. <laughs> uh, different cryptids because your your illustration style is awesome. Thank you. Yep, Mark. You talked about doing uh, research on Bigfoot. You know, getting and preparing to tell the story. What were some of the resources that you remember using? Uh, I was I was always on the internet looking. Up, you know. I don't know if you know this, but Bigfoot's popular on the internet. <laughs> A lot of people writing about him. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I was looking into things like, 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 how do they, uh, how do people believe they, they, uh, they habitate, you know, are there, are there nests, do they live in trees, caves, you know, there's a lot of actually conflicting information, but, you know, I eventually I kind of whittled it down to something that, that seemed to make sense. Uh, I looked at a lot of, uh, websites about, uh, Native Americans and their connection with, uh, Bigfoot, although I, I didn't, I don't think I could do it justice. So I, I didn't make it a huge part of the story. Is that, is that part informed, uh, did that inform the, the Pogo or Pogo, the, um, the, uh, the statue they find early on? Yeah, there's a, there's a totem pole. Yeah, yeah a totem pole. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I didn't want to. I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. I didn't want to do it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I researched what I could about you know the placement of uh, of you know like Bigfoot as a as a spiritual being and and where he would show up on the totem pole. Well, but... that's yeah, because the totem pole looks like um, kind of what you see from in Kathy Strain's book mark the uh giants cannibals and monsters book she did where you've got that totem and and there's the what looks like an ape or some sort of ape it, only the way vince drew it it's it's his kind of his unique take on bigfoot and that was one of my questions was was that informed by your research yeah i i mean i I knew I wanted to make a connection because there's a, there's a huge flashback in the book, mm-hmm. and uh, that goes back maybe thirty some years. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I wanted I wanted the story of Bigfoot of his existence to go back as you know hundred years, and and I, I kind of needed that. I mean I'd always heard that there was some sort of connection with Native American tribes, and so I did some research. Uh, I I, th- I think I got it you know, as close as I could. I, I hope I didn't insult anyone with it. I, I think it's, I think it's all done in uh, good naturedly. And, uh, yeah, it's, I did, I don't know that you'll ever see the, the totem pole that I drew in the story out in the, the woods anywhere, but, <laughs> but I think the essence of, of the lessons that I learned online are, are reflected in the illustrations. Yeah. And never, never be concerned with offending someone's, um, uh, definitive take on their their opinions of Bigfoot because no one knows anything about these things yeah. if they actually exist. So if someone gets offended over it, this is what I'm finding. If someone does get offended over it, they're not worth worrying about. Um, sorry, that's that's my bitter side coming out on the show. <laughs> um, Vince, when when you were doing all that, what did did your mind? Were you persuaded there was a, a real Bigfoot, or or do you are you more of a skeptic, or how do you approach it? I think, uh, like I said before, I, I was thinking about it actually uh, uh, driving earlier. There are, it seems like there are people that don't believe at all, and there are some people that, that really strongly believe he exists. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm somewhere in the middle where I, I would love to believe that there's something. Like, I don't, I don't think it's – I think it's good to think that we haven't turned over every rock and beat every bush and come up empty. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that there's still some mystery in the world. Right. So, yeah, I mean – if, yeah, if you ask me if I believe it's possible, yeah, I'm going to say yeah because that makes me feel better than saying no. <laughs> you sound like me. Um, all right, Mark, questions? Yeah, well, I just I wanted to share this with you too. Um, and I asked before about artists, but Seth and I sort of bonded and got to know each other over talking about Jack Kirby. And ah. I was one. I was wondering what maybe some of your, you know, are you. Do you favor like Marvel or DC or, or what, what's your what's your comic book? It's a big uh, question. Yeah, yeah, it is a big question. It's kind of am, a... am I am I I'm not settling an argument between the two of you. <laughs> oh no, heavens no. I know. Uh, I, I go ahead. I, I grew up actually. I grew up reading both Marvel and DC. You know, I really like Kirby's design sense. You know those those spot blacks mm-hmm. and. Uh, and just it's kind of like a, this visual shorthand that uh, that's real easy to read right off the bat. You know, yeah. there's nothing messy about it. There's nothing confusing. I really love that stuff. Um, but uh, nowadays, let's see. You know, I don't I don't pick up a lot of superhero stuff now. I, I actually lean toward toward maybe horror comics or like uh, what Magnolia. Uh, 
Harrow County I've been reading. I really like the style in that. It's more of a painted thing. You know, it's not like the ink line, like Kirby stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and all ages stuff, too. Like, uh, I think there's, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the Baker Street Peculiars or something. It's kind of a, it's kind of a fun uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. Lots of mood coloring. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite, to tell you the truth. I, I, if I see it and I like it. Oh, I do love, uh, uh, what is his... Uh, what is this? Oh, and the, yo, the uh, Archie, the undead Archie. What's that called again? Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking Frank about. Frank Avila's stuff. Yeah. Frank Avila, yeah. Afterlife with Archie. I love that stuff. That is disturbing, man. You want to see your your it's childhood really, just crapped really upon? Well yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. And Frank Avila is is an amazing artist. Um, I love him. I love Chris Samney. Uh, oh, yeah, I've really been getting into his stuff online lately. Yeah, and I'm and I'm rediscovering the fact that I think I think my all time favorite artist next to Mike Ringo um, would be uh, um, Don Rosa. I'm I'm absolutely obsessed with Don Rosa, who did uh, you know Uncle Scrooge back in the day. I I think his comedic stylings are are unlike anyone else in comics. There's no one else. There's there's f- there's very few uh, cartoonists who I will just crack up looking at yeah. a panel without reading anything. And yeah. he's one of those guys that immediately will get a laugh out of me. I don't think it's easy to get the, such a broad range of facial expressions no. and emotions when you're dealing with like a duck head. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that takes some skill. Yeah. And plus the line work. You know, that and the Carl Bark stuff, the line work is just so pristine mm-hmm. and it's got this great weight to it where it gets, you know, just razor thin and then it can just explode into this really heavy, smooth curve. It's nice stuff. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. I aspire to that, but, you know, I'm nowhere near that. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly think your character designs are fantastic. In fact, I was thinking that today um, I, when I saw that those panels that I was talking about earlier where, where I could tell you'd kind of drawn off of at least a little bit of research about the in the gas station with the, the other because the hunters and all the human characters looked so unique. Um, it almost reminded me of like Gasoline Alley or something. I mean, it, it, it just every, cool. everything, just every character had their own visual kind of look. And, and I thought that was really cool. But that's cool. I, I always I think I regret not taking even more time working out my designs first, because, uh, you know, as the comic went along, I think I was designing as I went along. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to maybe like page 120, I, I'd, I'd gone back and looked at page one and just aghast just, just, they didn't even look like the same character that's uh, that's the way it is for anyone creating anything yeah. going back and looking at their their stuff um anything anything i've ever done writing um my first movie um <laughs> like any of that stuff i can't i can't, I can't even honestly i can't even mark could could back me up on this i can't even watch my own movies uh, after we after we finish them, um, I actually do not. I have not yet stayed in attendance for a screening of one of my movies. I've not wow. sat through one of my movies. I leave the room as soon as it starts playing. Yeah, i i get I get really uncomfortable. Well, actually, I'm uncomfortable now just talking about the film. But <laughs> I, uh, but I get very uncomfortable, uh, and I shouldn't. But when people compliment it, and like you're doing, and mm-hmm. you're telling me, you know, right. About the art and the writing, yep. I'm literally shriveling up. No, I'm ball. I'm the same way. It's something inside of me starts like everything inside of me starts retreating further inside of me or something. Yeah, it's, and I it's, start. You probably do this too. You start thinking about, well, I could tell him about this mistake, and yep. this horrible thing. He's wrong. But uh, that is actually <laughs> that is actually my biggest problem with interviews when I'm interviewed. Is I have this horrible habit now of like someone's like, oh, well, I saw Minerva Monster and I thought it was 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 really well done i was like well you know most of the shots are blown out and there's a lot of really i mean shaky yeah. camera work and and the same thing with whitehall people compliment it and i just uh, i can't i can't i i honestly cannot watch it without picking every single thing apart now there are people i think that are really natural at taking compliments and then just running with it mm-hmm. uh, but i clearly you and i are not that type of person this is not me no it's Seth. remember at the canton screening like the first question that you got oh my gosh the- from the audience, tell that story. We got yeah, we did a we did a screening of my new movie at the Canton Palace Theater, and um, the Q and A afterward, um, 
where the first first question and this is a this was at a film festival too so it was more of a you know like a film centric crowd rather than like bigfooters and and the first question was from a guy who wanted to know if we had purposefully uh overexposed oh. this interview and just blown out the sky on one of my interviews <laughs> and and he ended up question. well he ended up he was apparently leading up to like a compliment where he said he was going to say he, he actually ended up liking the way it looked blown out. And, and I had someone else ask me if I purposefully did it because they thought because it's so blown out, they thought that surely it had to have been. Well, I guess at this point, the answer has to be yes. Anytime someone asks you that. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's what I said afterward. I said, I'm just going to have to start like owning this and saying that, yeah, we absolutely blew out the sky on purpose. So it would look great. Yeah, but in general, probably don't start a compliment with what sounds like an insult. Yeah, no. My tip. To yeah, no. And then I had to proceed to, for like three minutes, talk about how terrible I was at like camera work in the Q&A in front of like 200 people or whatever. Just so. getting up and apologizing for the film they had to watch. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, that's how I feel. That's that is how I feel about my work. And, and to be honest, though, I know I know you said there are a lot of people that can take compliments well, yeah. but I don't know anyone uh, who does creative stuff who who loves their own work. I don't. I've never met anyone who who just adores the stuff they do. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I do know someone that that was like that, and and the quality of their work is well below what it I, should be. I was be. just about to say the exact same thing. It's. I mean, I don't like to judge people's work at all mm-hmm. because everyone's on their own journey. But uh, it seems like the people that I meet that are really self-aggrandizing. Their work is, is not as, as impressive as some other people that I've seen that, uh, that, that hide when people compliment them. I mean, there's some really great stuff out there with artists and writers who they don't want you to tell them how good they are. You know, mm-hmm. they, then they'll blush. And there are people out there that are doing stuff that's, I wouldn't say completely hack, but, you know, not the best. And they will shout it from the rooftops about how yeah. great they are. And I never want to be in that group. It's it, We talked, we had discussions about this. Brandon, um, the producer on my movies, and he does the music for us. Him and I had discussions about this a lot when we were moving on to Whitehall. Mm-hmm. How um, the, the people who are constantly complimenting their own work or talking about how great this project was or that project was do, do not tend to better themselves. Whereas... Um, as terrible as it is, people like us who are constantly just seeing our our garbage. Yeah, <laughs> we're always seeing the garbage in our work. Uh, I think I think we have a tendency to at least want to better. Yeah, I think that. that's the only way to keep growing. I yeah, mean, I mean everything you you do is just the next step on to something better. So mm-hmm. yeah, if if you ever get to the point where you're satisfied. I think you're just going to get stagnant. You might as well just stop. Well, there's a, there's actually a quote by like Johnny Depp, and I think it was Johnny Depp who who had a quote about that. Uh, don't get comfortable with your own. If 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 you, it was basically what you just said. Like if you're comfortable with your own work, if there's an a, an air of comfort or satisfaction with what you're with what you've just accomplished, you you will become stagnant. There's no growth beyond that. And and I do think there's a balance. Like I think you have to strike a balance though because. I also feel like I can't continue just hating everything I do or at some point I'll just lose my mind. Like I've got to also be able to, I think, I think you have to find some sort of middle ground where you can at least embrace the work you've done and, and the, the steps forward you've taken, but also continue to realize I've got to grow beyond this and see those faults. I think that's fair. Um, The other thing about that is like, if you hate everything you do, you, like it would be so much better if we could appreciate the moments when we're creating too. Like I don't know if you do that, but that was something that came to me working on the last movie. Is like I I want to be able to enjoy that process, like the creative process, or else there's no point to doing any of this. I might as well just go work the cubicle job. I think that's the most enjoyment I get is when I'm actually creating it. Yep. I think actually once it's done, I'm I'm good with the page at least for a few months. I'm good with looking at that page, but yeah. You know, it's never as good as when I'm actually putting it together. Mm-hmm. So, and you're probably like that with your films. Yes. I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was, there's a, um, with, with editing, cause it's a, you're constant, the difference between us, I think what, what you do and what I do is I'm constantly looking at my, 
my work, and I'm sure I know you are, but what I mean is for like six months, I'm going back over that same shot. I'll see that sh- these wow. shots like almost every day, you know. So there's a little bit more time probably to pick out all the the terrible. Well, that is true. You spots know, the, where I when screwed I up. up a page a week, it was really easy to just to let those little mistakes go because I didn't have time. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas I'll I'll see like even today I was looking back I'm trying I just started the timeline for our next movie today or yesterday so like I've already looked at this one shot probably fifteen times and <laughs> and I'm seeing different things in it every single time that are bugging me so it's weird but it's all part of the it's all part of the, part of the process so yeah. and if you're having fun and enjoying it I really think that's that's what it comes down to well I think that the, I think that probably comes through in the work too mm-hmm. if you're having fun so I guess. You know, I think it's okay if you if you want to if you want to be uh, a little humble about it after the fact. But I think you've got to have all that electricity uh, just crackling at full power when you're making it. Yeah. Or otherwise, it'll just be dull and dead on the paper or I on agree. the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, final question. Yeah, have you ever been to? like a Bigfoot conference or anything dedicated to just no, strictly you know, Bigfoot. Seth uh, invited me to uh, one in Ohio last year. I wasn't able to make it, but you're, you're doing one soon, aren't you? Yeah, we're doing It's, it's what I invited you to last year too. Yeah, we do. We do like our own. Ours is a, uh, has morphed into a, a crypt, cryptozoology film festival slash conference. So like we show movies, it's mostly movies, but this year we're having Lauren Coleman come speak. And then a buddy of mine talk about like oh, DIY. Yeah, follow filmmaking. him on the the old uh, Twitter. Yeah, Ron Coleman. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, so he's we're doing that in September. So again, the the invite is out there, Vince. I you know what I think I might actually try to make it this time. I think that uh, if the Kickstarter gets funded, I might actually have the books by September. Oh, that'd be awesome. So that would be that would be great and. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to try to make it this time. I I, uh, I still regret not doing it last year. Well, last year was 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 chaotic too. It was it was plus last year was so different. It was from from what this year's is going to be. Last year it was just four showings of our movie, and then we had a couple of speakers. But this year it's it's all kind of different. You know, monster themed films, and then you know vendors and speakers and all kinds of stuff. So that sounds like a blast. Yeah, I think it will be. So, um, okay, you're launching the Kickstarter on Tuesday, correct? Yeah, Tuesday evening, I believe. Okay, so if if a lot of you are going to be listening to this on Monday, some of you, actually more of you, will be listening on Tuesday. So so make sure Tuesday evening you're following uh, Untold Tales of Bigfoot on Facebook um, and checking Kickstarter for that project to go live, so... So we can back this and make sure it gets into print, because Vince is a cool guy. You see, he's got oh, that. Thank you, sir. He's got those creative neuroses that <laughs> that kind of bond me to him. So, I thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Sure, and it was nice talking to you too, Mark. Hey, thanks, Vince. All right. I am shutting down our recording. Mm-hmm.